How do you have a relationship with someone you cannot see, can't touch? Often you don't hear audibly. You can't even smell maybe at times. And, and when I was praying about this message, you know, the, the theme of this message is per, picture perfect. I said to the Lord, I'm like, how, how, do you, how do you have an intimate relationship with someone that is so completely different than everyone else? Because your spouse, you can touch, you can smell, you can hear, you can, all of those things. And I said, and God, you know, I, you, it's not like we can do that with you. And, and as clear as could be, God said, how do you know you can't? How do you know you can't really touch me? How do you know you can't smell my presence? In fact, there have been times where that's very possible. And, and I think in many ways, um, we, we give our life to Christ and we believe in God, but we never have a relationship with God. And there is a difference. There is a huge difference from the religion of Christianity, which is demonic, along with every other religion in the world, and a relationship with Jesus Christ. He didn't send his son to earth to start up another religion. In fact, his disciples tried to turn it into another religion. And Jesus said, no, I, it's, this is about me. I'm the way. I'm the truth. And so I want to talk about this picture-perfect um, Ephesians. I want you to look at this. It says, be completely humble, gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Philippians says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Um, how does that work with God, to the interests of God? You know, a lot of times we have this view of God as he's kind of the genie in our life. I mean, I want you to stop for a moment. I really do want you to consider, this, is a, this year is a theme of pursuit. What are we pursuing? And I really want you to stop because when, when you hear us talk about a relationship with God, often we don't ever talk. You, you, there are very few people that talk about this relationship with God. Like we talk about everything else, but it's assumed it's kind of an assumed thing that when you believe in your heart, Christ died on the cross, then you're in relationship with God. It's just assumed. And, and because of the lack of discipleship and other people showing people how to walk in a relationship with Christ, often churches are full of people that believe Jesus died on the cross, but they have really no day-to-day -day relationship with God. Like he's there, but, and I believe in him, and I believe he's forgiven me of my sins, and, 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 and I'm going to do what I have to do, but really no relationship with God. So when we hear something like this, we think of not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. We're thinking just how we treat people, and it's important to treat people right and good, but, but it starts really when we look to the interests of God, because quite frankly, most American Christians could care less that people are going to hell. Because they work with them every day. And there's no urgency. See, there's this sense that we all, there, there are so many lies we believe. And one of, one of the lies is this, that we all deserve heaven. 
There's a, especially, I'm, I'm hearing people who ask questions, why, if God's a loving God, why would he send people to hell? This is the crazy thing. This may shock you, but the little baby, when he came out of the womb, was already on the path to hell. We were all born sinners. You don't deserve heaven. I know in the American church, we've, we've nurtured your emotions and made you feel like, guess what? You deserve everything good in the world. No, you don't. You deserve hell. You deserve death. You deserve, you were born a sinner. Somewhere along the line, we've, we've changed this mindset that says that God sends us to hell. No, you, because of the sin of Adam in the garden, that's where we all came from. We all deserve the lake of fire. And it was a loving God that stepped on the scene with his son and put him on the cross to give us something we didn't deserve. And so, so, we, so we sit here and go, God, why aren't you blessing me? I deserve to be blessed. God, why, aren't, why if, if I do this, God, if I give you my life, then what are you going to give me? If I tithe, what are you going to do for me? If I do these things, what am I getting out of it? it I, I'm not going to my neighbors and tell, because really I deserve this, God. I'm doing you a favor if I tell somebody about you. It's like, I don't, I don't really care people are going to hell. I don't really care because I think in some ways, because uh, in, in some way that like God's going to let them out of jail. That God, you know what the lake of fire is? Separation from God. If you don't want God, then you'll get what you want. You want the lake of fire. Because it's separation from God. And there are a lot of people that are following, like they, like they know the scriptures have no relationship with God because they don't want relationship with God. I want religion. I don't care if God's in the picture or not really. I just, I like religion. And it kind of, I can put it in a box and I can hold it there. And God's saying, but I created you for relationship. And in that relationship, something in me cares about other people. It cares about where they're going to spend their eternity. It cares about the human race. And I put his interests above my own. But I got my own pursuits, Pastor. I don't need a, re like, I'm going to do, I, I got, like, I, I'm going to be a success, and I'm going to prosper, and I'm going to make lots of money, and I'm going to have lots of stuff, and I'm going to have big families or a small family, and I'm going to have the car that I am all my dreams are going to be fulfilled. I could care less about God's dreams. And what you'll discover at the end of your life, everything you thought was important, isn't. It isn't. Each of you should use, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. You know, picture perfect, we said there is no form of perfect relationship. That's true even with God. There is there is no perfect relationship with God. I have a good relationship, but it's not. 
what, what, as, as people who are members or part of this body of believers, you should say, I have a good relationship with God. And it's getting better. Because that's what relationship does. It evolves. It grows. There is no form of perfection. There's no outline of, it, it doesn't exist. It's a growing thing. And as you discover more about God, it pulls you in. We've looked at loving the human race. We've looked at marriage. We've looked at a, had a panel of family and gave a lot of great advice. We talked about what it's like being single and how we should view singleness in the church. Last week, we talked about friends. But today, I want to talk about like this relationship with the creator of the universe. We've got a lot of scriptures. So you may need to take notes. It says, Mark 12, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. It's really talking about loving God with everything. Like, I love God with everything that I am. Romans 5 says this, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still enemies. So what he's saying is, is Adam and Eve had this relationship with God that was lost in the garden. But when Jesus died on the cross, he gave it back to us. It says, God restored by the death of his son while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. That we're friends with God. Now, now if there's anyone you'd want to be a friend with, you ever meet people who drop names? Like, yeah, I'm friends with this athlete. Yeah, we kind of hang out. And, and they, they met at Cane's while they were in the ordering line. And they happened to, yeah, we're good friends. It's like me. I, I used to tell people as a joke, yeah, I'm friends with Tiger Woods. Because one day when he was playing golf, I happened to be, this was back in the 90s. He, I was standing next to his dad talking to his dad. I had no idea it was his dad. His mom was on the other side. And while I'm talking to his dad, Tiger comes up and stands right next to me. And I said three things to him. We were close. <laughs> and then I eavesdropped. Uh, you know, I was part of his father-son uh, conversation because I was right in the middle of them when they were talking. I felt real close to him at that point. <laughs> right? But some of us have this kind of relationship with God. Right? The, the reality is, if you think about it, we like to use our friends, say, yeah, I'm friends with so Is uh, We talk more about the friendships we have with celebrities than we do about the one who's the creator. Is there any comparison? Like, do you know who my friend is? Yeah, he created everything. He was actually here before everyone was here. It's actually all his. He's pretty wealthy. I don't really worry about stuff because my friend's got everything. And he likes me a lot. <laughs> right? John 15 says, I no longer call you servants. Instead, I call you friends. Friends, actually, in that, in the context of John in Greek, means deep, close, intimate comrade. He's saying, You're, I'm close to you. And so when we talk about God, we're actually talking about the Trinity. 
And we're, that's what we're getting at is that, that it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So how important is this relationship to God that we have with him? Exodus 34, 14 says, he is a God who's passionate about his relationship with you. So God is way more passionate about being your friend than a lot of people on this planet. He's all about his friendship with you. He's like, you want to go out and play? Well, I'd just rather sit in this YouTube video. You want to go out and have coffee? Well, I would just rather not. Like, God is all about wanting to be your friend. Hosea says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want to know you. You know, our purpose, we were created. This may surprise you. We were created not to succeed in life. We weren't created to build things in this world. We were created for a relationship with Jesus Christ, a relationship with the Father, and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Like, that's what we were made for. It's all about relationship. Then there's all people, there's all kinds of people that said, well, I'm in relationship with God because I want to get to heaven. God's like, I would rather you be in relationship with me so you can know me. That's like going to your wife saying, the only reason I really married you is because your dad was wealthy. Probably some issues in your relationship. <laughs> it's because what I get, what I got out of it. Not because I was in love with you. You know, our purpose is relationship with God. Acts says it this way in, in, in um, the message. Starting from scratch, he made the entire human race, made the earth hospitable. I love that part, hospitable. With plenty of time and space for living so we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's right here. We live and move in him and can't get away from him. Like, if I, I, I've said this to you before, like, the Holy Spirit is in this room. It's, it's a little awkward because I'm actually talking about a relationship you have with someone who's actually in the room. Like he's, he's right here. And the Father who's sitting on the throne, and then you have Jesus who's at the right hand of the Father, but the Holy Spirit is here right now in this room. And he wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants you to know who he is. He wants you to understand who he is. He wants you to live with that. He wants you to wake up in the morning and go, good morning, Holy Spirit. If I told you, if I told you this, and, and I've, I've asked you this question before, we are no longer going to talk about Jesus. He's, his name is just too offensive. He's, it's too much controversy to talk about Jesus. Whenever you bring him up, people cringe. You know, it, you're, you're never supposed to talk about him anyway when you're in parties and all of that stuff. So we're no longer going to talk about Jesus. We're about reaching the lost. So we're going to not talk about Jesus anymore. How many were already saying you would leave the church if, if what I was saying was true, right? And yet there are churches, not this one, but there are churches that say we will not talk about the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is God. And he's present. He's like, 
he's like the present one. Jesus said, I left, I'm going to bring you the Holy Spirit. We should be talking to him and about him every day. Like the Holy Spirit should come out of our mouth pretty much every day. Because we have a relationship. He wants a relationship. Psalms 25, 14 says, The Lord confides in those who fear him, and he makes covenant known to them. Look, look at this statement on the screen behind me. It is difficult to expect the same fruit of the early church when we value a relationship with a book they didn't have more than a relationship with the Holy Spirit they did have. It's not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Scriptures. See, some of us, though, find our relationship in just reading a book, and it's become a crutch that has replaced the very presence of God. I'm not saying the Bible is bad or wrong or you shouldn't read it. What I'm saying is the Bible is not God. It's not God. And God would never have given you this if he thought you would use it to replace a relationship with him. Because he wants to talk to you. He wants to know who you are. So friendship with God involves three persons. It involves a friend with the Father, that I am a friend with the Father. He is the judge. He is the creator. He's our provider. He is Jehovah. He's Alpha and Omega. He is the I am, and he's my, he's my Abba Father, my dad. That's who he is. That's what he wants to be. Oh, please hear me. This is not about a bunch of rules and, and things and commandments and all the things you should do and you just got to. This is about a person who so badly wants you to see him that wants to be your friend. Like God wants to be your friend. You're like, yeah, I'm seeking God and I'm not finding him. Friend, then you're not seeking. Because the Bible says if you seek you will find. You know how I know that? Because he's passionately seeking you. You know the, the pearl of great price? Often that's been taught, not even in the context of the passage. It says there was a man that was going through a field. And while walking through a field, he found a pearl of great price. He reburied the pearl, went to the owner of the field, bought the field, sold everything he had, bought the field with everything he had, so that he could go back and own the pearl of great price. Many have said that's a person, you and I, walking through a field, and when we discover Jesus, it's great price that we sell everything we have that we buy the field. But that's not what the story's saying. In fact, it's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, I am the one going through the field, and I have found you, and you have incredible value to me. So he gave everything he had to gain you. That's how much he's pursuing you, just the way you are. You don't know what I've done, Pastor. You don't know where, you know, that's the great thing about God is he's already bought your past so you can have a future. He loves you. You didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. You don't deserve it. See, most Christians in America, in fact, most church, Christians in churches, the reason they don't worship God with a pursuit out of their heart is because they think they deserve everything. That one, their life is because of their efforts. 
You know, it's interesting. I was listening to uh, Tony Evans this morning. Actually, he said something that really connected. He said, in every one of us is this streak of independence that we really do believe I don't need God to have the life I have. That I don't need God. That I really don't need any of this. That I'm actually doing God a favor by just showing up to church on a Sunday. But I don't need any of I don't. I don't really need, like I can do it on my own. Right? Now, most of us would never say that because we would be scared then of what might happen, karma, because most Christians believe more in karma than they do in the, than, than in the Father. It's true. Than in the truth of the word. The, the question I have is, if you really believed you don't deserve anything you've been blessed with, do you believe this? If I believed everything that I have came from the Father and I get what I don't deserve, do you believe that we would worship differently? Like you aren't going to keep me down. Because I know everything I have comes from him. Everything that I've gotten I didn't deserve, but it came from him. So you ain't going to keep me from worshiping my God. It doesn't matter what you do. You aren't going to keep me from doing it. Because... I know it all came to, and do you think it would change your relationship with him? It would change how you see him. Then there's friend with his son. He's our bridegroom. He's sitting at the right hand of the father, interceding for us. He's our advocate. He's our salvation. He's our bridge. He's our future. He's our way. He's, a, he's the word. He's the truth. He's the life. And then we have the present Holy Spirit. So this is, this is I was asking the Lord. I'm like, Lord, how, how can... I preach a message on having a relationship with you and, and describe how do, you, how do you get in, how do you do this? And the Lord really moved my heart to, to two different things, and I'm going to give you both of them. The first thing he says is it, he really gave me three prayers. Now, um, I know a lot of people don't take notes because you really believe in your memory. But maybe you should write them down so that you can help the person whose memory is not as good as yours. Okay? Here's the first prayer. There are two prayers God always answers. The two prayers God always answers. The first prayer is, God, who are you? And the second prayer is, God, who am I? Always will answer those prayers. These are three more prayers I would add to it. Here's the first prayer that I would encourage you to pray. Lord, I want to be your best friend. If you want to be a friend of God and you have no idea, because a lot of Christians give their life to Christ, they get water baptized, maybe baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then they go on living their life in a very religious way because they think, okay, I've checked off the, the, the knock list of all the things that need to be done. Now I'm going to just go on and live my life as, as though, just as it was. And God's kind of in it. He's kind of roaming around, but he's not at the throne of my life. He's not number one in my life. He's, he's not that important. I mean, he's in it. He's important. He gave me heaven. But now I'm going to live my life the way I want to live my life. I want to do what this independence in us that just wants to live it the way. But there's a point where you got to come to where you say, you know what, Holy Spirit, like I can't live without you. So when, when I wake up in the morning and you open your little peepers and you say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you have for today? This is the prayer we should pray. God. I want to be your best friend. 
teach me. Do you know he will? Over a period of time of praying that prayer, he will. Look at John 15. I told you, I told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends, and when you do these things, I command you, I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. He wants you to move from being a servant that does things to serve because you're just doing God a favor to he's my friend. I, I want to do these things for him. A, a friend serves out of identity. So ask the Lord. Here's the second prayer. Lord, I want to feel your affection. Lord, I want to feel your affection. I want to know what it feels like. There's a big difference knowing a theological fact and experiencing the affection of a person. I want to know I want to feel the affection of God. How many, and, and, and hopefully everyone in here has experienced what it was when you felt the love of God come over you, that you felt loved by God. If you haven't, the second prayer, first is, God, I want to be your best friend. The second prayer is, God, will you let me sense the affection, in my, your affection in my life? Will you show me that affection? Don't work to feel his affection. Just ask to experience it. Here's the third prayer. Lord, I want you to show off and dazzle me with your glory. I want, I want, you, I want to see you. I want, to, I want you just to show off in my life. Just what, there, like God is all around us, right? God is all around us. Like, like when the disciples, when Jesus was gone, the disciples are sitting. Do you remember when Jesus walked on water? Do you, do you remember what happened when he fed the 5,000? They were like, do you remember when he said that to us and then he went and did it? It was like he was just showing off. It was just amazing. Do you remember? It's like he's incredible. God, Jesus was just amazing. They, they experienced God. Do you know God wants you to, to just experience him showing off? doing incredible things. Psalms 27, 4 says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I'm going to read that one more time. One thing I ask from the Lord. David says, there's one thing I ask from the Lord. And then he says, this only do I seek. Well, what would it be? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in the temple. Like, he says, I just wanted, like, it's his pursuit. What, what, what right now is replacing the pursuit of God in your life? What person is replacing your pursuit? If your spouse, you say, well, my spouse is number one in my life. If, if, if that spouse, if my wife is number one in my life, we're going to have some marriage problems. Because I'm going to put on her because she's not meeting my needs. Whenever someone says, my spouse is not meeting my needs, it's usually because you're trying to make them God in your life. Because God says, I promise to meet your needs. I promise to be the friend that meets your needs, number one. And when he's number one, it's amazing how everything else works out in life. It's amazing how much everything works out in life. We had a wedding here uh, on Friday, actually, at, and uh, the parents, grandparents are in the room. And, and the dad who said this, it was interesting to me. He said something. He said, well, when the daughter, who's now ma got married, she works at Apple Valley, um, 
on our in our campus in Apple Valley, and uh, he said she was when she was young, they had to take her into the hospital, um, and and I'm forgetting what it was, but had to do a spinal tap, and he heard her screaming, and he said this person that I had only known for three days, I think it was, I didn't realize how how much I could love this person that I've only known for three days. Isn't that credible? And do you think for a moment, God who's known you for ever doesn't carry that same love for you? How can he not be your best friend? Right? Do you realize how much he loves you? How much he, he cares about you? I remember uh, we have a video that I will not show anyone. I won't show it to anyone. It's a video of me as a parent with my kindergarten twin daughters playing soccer. And I'm filming the video. And on the video, I am bragging about my daughters being really good at soccer. They're five years old. <laughs> this is still clump soccer. How many know what I'm talking like? But somehow, my girls were scoring. They were like, they'd get five goals. I mean, and, and, and it was six goals. And, I, and I'm already talking about how they're going to the Olympics. That's the only part of the video I'll even bring up. Because when I watch it now, it's just very embarrassing. I mean, I'm embarrassed by it, right? But in my mind, they're just superstars, right? I can't even touch the surface of what God feels about you. There isn't anything on this planet that can give you what you need like God can give you what you need. If you just come into relationship with him, if you experience the relationship with, with him, it's, it's incredible what God wants for your life. Um, you know, someone, I was talking to someone, and they said, they said, you know why I don't want to be a Christian? I'm like, well, why? He says, because you guys can't do anything fun. And I laughed, and I said, first of all, obviously there are Christians that you know that weren't any fun, but they weren't fun before they got saved. <laughs> There's just some people that aren't fun people, Right? How many know what I'm doing? That's true. You know some of them. They're not fun. Don't blame that on Jesus that they're not fun. <laughs> they just weren't fun, period. Right? He said, but the reality is, describe to me what fun is. And they said, well, you can't drink, smoke, chew, date girls who do, you know, all that stuff, get drunk. We can do, and we just, and I always chuckle because I'm like, it's funny that you think you're more fun and you need a substance to get there, and I'm just fun without it. Like, I don't need any of that stuff to have fun. Man, you got a problem. Like, you should get checked for that. <laughs> right? But here's the reality. And the conversation went on. And this is what I want to be. I, I can do all of those things. I could get drunk. I could do all that stuff that you're talking that you think is fun to get high and do it. But here's the difference. I don't want to. Like, it is disingenuous to look at me and then say that because we're Christians, that we're, something's wrong, when we don't, like, we can't do something we don't, no, we just don't want to because Jesus changed my desires. It's not a matter of I can't, I don't want to because I have a best friend who created me and knows what's best for me. And you know, it's funny, I don't wake up in the morning with a hangover. 
I don't have to explain to my wife why I woke up with another woman. I don't, I don't have the cops knocking down my door. But if you want to have fun that way, I don't know how that's fun, but hey. We want God to dazzle. Here, if we're going to build a relationship with a friendship with God, here, here's what we got to do. Number one, make knowing God your first priority. Make knowing God your first priority. He's, he's number one. I appreciate God's existence, but view him only as an idol in my life. That's what most people, they don't view, like, like God's not a person to them. And when you don't view God as a person, when you don't view the Holy Spirit as the person of the Holy Spirit or the person of the Father or the person of the Son, when you don't view it that way, then it's some thing that exists and it's out there it's in the air and it's just like not real and 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 then you get some mother earth nature thing going on where you think i'm connecting with earth rather than recognize no i'm having a conversation with a person that's why throughout the day when i make that pursuit it's like texting if you text people throughout the day it's like texting them throughout the day so make knowing god your first priority no 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 i i you know i have dreams i got visions i have skills i'm going to be my first priority and and please please if i can get it, be, be honest before the god because this this really it, it it's not, it's not my relationship. Will you be honest before God? Is he your first priority? Is he the thing you wake up, you wake up thinking about? Is he the one you long to please because of the love he's shown you? And in response, because of that love, it just drives the love in you to love him back. You, you don't need to answer me. You don't need to raise your hand. You just need to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be your best friend, and I'm not there right now. I'm not at that place. Matthew 6, because here's the reality. God will never be a bench warmer. He's either Lord of your life or he's not Lord in your life. God will never be number two. He'll never be number three. He'll never be the leftover. God just won't be there. He sits in the number one seat because he's God. Because he's the beginning and end. And when you give him that seat, he is present. And when you give it to something else, he steps back and says, I will not share the house with that. Matthew 6 says, be, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Do you know, you may be asking, you say, well, how do I know when I don't know God? I'm sitting here, pastor, and I know God, and I know what the Bible says, but how do I know if I truly know God? Do you know Matthew 6 tells you? If you want to know if you know God, here's how you can know you know God. You don't worry. Matthew 6 says, the person who worries is like pagans. Because when you know God, you don't worry. You ever been in the presence of people and you knew when they stepped in your presence, they had been with God? 
It's an incredible thing. Um, I've been asked to speak, so I had turned it down originally because I didn't want to fly anymore this year. And I definitely didn't want to go over the pond again. So I told this, this guy that had asked me to come speak in Tanzania that I wasn't coming. Well, the Holy Spirit rebuked me because I'd given him my word. And, and then I went back on it, and he, he just really kind of rebuked me about it. And um, this, gen, this guy is the general superintendent of Tanzania. The first time I met him, he walked in the room, and it was like, wow, this guy has been with God. This guy's been with God. And you didn't say anything. You just shut up and listened. Because he had experience. He'd been, this guy was in relationship with God. God, there, that's what this is. It's very organic. Like God wants to go on a journey with you through this life. He wants to walk with you through it. Philippians says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. So much of all your awards. So what? So what of everything you've accomplished, everything you've done, it's all going to pass away. But I want to be in relationship with God. Jeremiah 29 says, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. It goes on. If you're going to brag, you can tell what is important to a person by noticing what they brag about the most. Jeremiah 9 says this. This is what the Lord says. The wise must not brag about their wisdom. The strong must not brag about their strength. The rich must not brag about their money. But if people want to brag, let them brag that they understand and know me. Let them brag that I am the Lord and that I am kind and fair and, and that I do things that are right on earth. This kind of bragging pleases me, says the Lord. This kind of bragging pleases me. Number two, slow down and shut up. Or politically like I was be quiet God speaks to those who are in the frequency do you know there are radio stations playing in this room right now there are bands playing in this room right now the only reason you can't hear it is because you're not sitting here listening in the frequency that they're being broadcast in you can't hear it because you're not a receiver of that frequency God speaks in a frequency, and when you get into that frequency, he broadcasts, and you will hear his voice every day. And it's the frequency of rest. It's Sabbath. Be still, and then you'll know that I'm God. Be still. Come to a place of being still, and you will hear the voice of God. Friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who reverence him. With them, he shares the secrets of the covenant. So, number one, you want to make him first priority. Number two, slow down and be quiet. Number three, decide whose friendship you want most. Who do you want to be friends with most? Some people have missed the most important things in life, and they don't know God. James 4, 4 says, you should know that loving me, loving the world is the same as hating God. Anyone who wants to be friends of this world becomes the enemies of God. That this world wants you to come into friendship with it and bring God with you. Yeah, come into friendship with us and bring God with you. Think about the stuff you love watching. And then ask yourself this question. Have I propagated more episodes on Netflix than I have scriptures in the Bible? 
have I shared more about celebrities and YouTube videos and TikToks? Have I shared more TikToks than I've shared testimonies of what God is doing in people's lives? Come on, I'm not trying to be, listen, I'm not trying to hit anyone over the head because that's not what God's doing. This isn't about condemning. This is about getting us to recognize where we maybe have lost sight of the fact that we've, we've kind of been drawn away by a world that is not our friend but wants to be. I'm really not trying to make, I, I don't want anyone in here to feel condemned because Christ doesn't condemn anyone in here. Neither does the Father. He's just saying, you've gotten away from me. Will you come back? Will you come back? De decide whose friendship you want most. Would you rather be in all of that or would you rather come back? Here's the fourth one. Maintain a constant conversation with them. It says in Thessalonians, pray all the time. Pray all the time. Philippians says, my determined purpose that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply, intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And then number five, trust God's pain, God in our pain. You know, he is a good friend. He says, cast all your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. That's the Lord. I'm, I'm going to have you stand. This, this really is one of those messages where it's easy to come in because we come in with this perception that I'm already great with God. We're good. We're close. But in reality, how many know every relationship God wants to take us to another secret place? Right? So wherever you're at makes a great starting place. There's a story in the Bible. It's called, it's, you, you, you probably have heard it. It's a story of a father who had a son that when he left, he left his father and he took all of his inheritance. And he went and he thought he found friends with people who in the end he found out only wanted the money he had and the fun he could bring through the money. So when it was all gone, they went looking for the next show and left him. He still had the name, but he was eating pig pods. He's eating with pigs. Working with pigs. Working with pigs. Still had his name. And he said, you know what? I'm going to become a servant of my father and and that statement right there just caused you to realize how little value he put on his name. Little value put on his name. Because when he went back, he legitimately thought, I know that it's not right to ask for my position as son back, but I'm going to be a servant because he didn't know the value of your name. Do you know you have a name? That God has given you a name? The Bible says that when you gave your life to Christ, a new name was written in the book. You have a name. Maybe you've been eating in the pig pods. Maybe you've been eating in the world. Maybe you've been, you've abandoned relationship where you've not seen your dad for a while, but it's time to come home. Right? You know, it's interesting. The father didn't let his son become a servant and didn't even let his son explain the past. He welcomed him in and said, let's move forward. 
Maybe your past few years have been a nightmare and you have not been close to God. Can I tell you, God's not going to revisit your past. He already went with you through it. He doesn't even want to go through it again. He's like, it was bad enough the first time we went through it. I don't watch that anymore, right? Let's, let's look at the end of this thing. Let's go where we can go from the end. And maybe you're here. Will you bow your head for a moment? And, and maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what? As, as, as you were hearing this message, the Lord was speaking to you saying, will you come home? Will you, will you step back into intimacy with me? Because I'm here for you. If that's you, raise your hand real quick and then put it down. Real quick, put it down. Don't hesitate to think, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank. Hands all over the place. Because the Holy Spirit is about to do this. If you'll just pray the prayer, Holy Spirit, I want to be your best friend. Holy Spirit, I want to be your best friend. He's going to take you into that. Father, right now I pray for every person in this room. Pray for every person in this room. You love them with a love they have yet to experience. They know a part of it, but there's a revelation of your love that I'm asking right now you would release into their life and let them experience. Lord God, that that love would draw them in deeper than they've ever been to experience stuff they've never experienced. The secret places of you, I pray in Jesus' name.